1: This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. We are in central London. We've actually, well, just actually popped across the road to number 10 Downing Street. I had a little word with T as a caller. She said to me, how are you, B? I said, T, I'm all good. So I had a little chat with T. T and a B. And now we're sitting here in the Red Lion Pub, just opposite Downing Street, just around the corner from the Houses of Parliament. And it's technically our final podcast because we've got one more well we've got one more game on Saturday or Sunday against Hull City and then we've got our end of season podcast next week but we're thinking about last Saturday first of all, what an absolute downer that was, we went up to Barnsley things didn't go according to plan at all, we'll talk about them in a minute but let's come back to our political vibe that we've got here because it may be a bit of a coincidence that we're at the House of Parliament here, we at number 10 just across the road. And on the train up, people may have saw, I was fraternising with a bit of politician action. I was chatting to Jeremy Corbyn. He's a bit marmite, some people love him, some people hate him. But to be fair, he had manners, he sat down, he allowed me to sit down and chat and chew his ear off and... Uh, this is on the train up to Barnsley. Were you, sitting, were you sitting on the floor or were you sitting on a seat? Well, I actually found, you know, there was a seat actually this time, so it was all good, so I sat down there. If you go to the Besotted Twitter, you'll see there's a there's a little uh, photograph there as well, and also, on, I think maybe on the Besotted Facebook possibly. But yeah, anyway, but we were there, sitting down there, talked to various people. Actually, what we didn't say to a lot of people, we had a, a private conversation about safe standing. Him and his Labour people there as well. We had the Prescott as well, um, David Prescott. John Prescott's son and also another guy, um, Niall, who actually lives locally and he's got a Brentford season ticket. So he's a member of his team, actually got a Brentford season ticket. We had a little private chat about safe standing. I sort of briefed him up, told him exactly what's happening, told him it's all really going off when our new stadium is going to have standing. We need to get the support and uh, can't say any more than that but let's just say it was a positive conversation as well we need to have people from all sides we need the blue side we need the red side we need the yellow side we need all people in politics to get behind this because it's all about everyone getting together so that was quite a positive thing Laney
3: yeah it was uh, quite quite surreal seeing him coming coming through the carriage and everyone kind of went that bloke looks a bit like Jeremy Corbyn and Bill went oh hello uh, you you launched straight into the uh, the, into the the chatting with him which was uh, which was good Um, as you say yeah right opposite Downing Street number 10 use your your favourite number 10 your favourite Brentford number 10 Bill my favourite Brentford number 10 I mean we could talk about sort of Gary maybe Gary 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 Blissett
1: maybe Gary 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 Blissett um I thought he was fantastic, scored loads of goals for us and even wasn't, he wasn't even the leading goal scorer at the time. I think he scored something like 29 goals in one season while Dean was scored 40-plus scored goals, which is quite mad. And like I said to you, the introduction
3: there as well is my man, Dave Lane, who's asking the question there as well. But Dave, you obviously... Very good yeah I am I'm very good yeah, yeah sun's just literally come out over London looks stunning out this window. Um, looking forward to the uh, end of season knees up looking forward to the end of season if I'm honest with you, we talk about the defeat at Barnsley and uh, how really ultimately it's a bit of a relief just to know it's kind of not all over with but just kind of just to know our fate. Um, but yeah, my number ten, my favourite Brentford number ten. Everyone's going to say Stan Bowles. I'm not going. I'm not going to do the predictable actually, and I'm not going to say Romaine Sawyer's either. I'm going to say Rowan Alexander, Skippy. Yeah, bought him from Greenock Morton, I think it was, and he was the first Brentford player ever to do somersault after he scored. Do you remember? It was a rubbish somersault. It wasn't like a proper, you know, like um, gymnastic one. It was just like a roll. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think any Brentford. Any Brentford have done somersaults sort of ever, ever, ever since I don't think they have I've, I've, I'm, not, I'm not quite
1: sure actually but we might maybe have to look back on the records I mean we've been going through quite a few videos actually getting all the videos and the photographs ready for the, the Martin Allen end of season B's up which is on Friday which is like I said it was sold out, but well, we actually freed up a few tickets so if you go on the website now besotted.com just click on the waving hand you actually might if they're still available there might go there and if this flagged up you may actually be able to get the few final tickets that are available there's a couple of people have had to pull out so just check that out the Liberal Nick is in town. We decided to come down here because he feels so much at home and this is, this is your manor. You know, like I said to you, we went to the East London, we went to the East where we used to be partying in warehouses, but this is the Liberal Nick where he used to be doing his hanging out with all sorts of political characters in this zone, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I could tell you a few stories about hanging out in the Red Lion late at night, early afternoons, early evenings, all time of days. This was this is the this is where the political journos and all the uh, assistants, political MPs' assistants and uh, advisors hang out in the Red Lion. So it's a great, you know, great place for picking up a bit of gossip. And over the years, I've got some gossip from this place, none of which is suitable for this podcast. But, you know, give me enough money, buy me enough beer at some point in the globe. And I might tell you a few of those stories, yeah. Because so it's good you've come down here. I mean, you, you lot were raving on about fabric down in Shoreditch and all these clubs that you used to attend. You know, this is this is my manor, my my patch, and I'm really glad to be back, Bill. My favourite number ten. I mean, people who know me remember I can never remember players' names. I you know I actually had a bit of soft sort for Trotter.
1: You know, I mean, you know, I. I, Who scored a couple of goals at the weekend as well for, is it a hat trick for Sal Salito, who's his his new club? Oh, no, he scored, he's he's actually at Sal Salito, he's on loan, and the club he's on loan to, he scored a hat trick for them. That's right. In in the Serie A?
4: Yeah, he did. Uh, Serie A, or was it Serie B? It was hard, was it? Oh right! Oh, good for him. Good for him. No, I mean, my favourite number ten actually in recent years has got to be Sawyer's. It's got to be Romain Sawyer's, who's been fantastic and is my nomination for Player of the Year because I probably won't be on the end of season podcast next week. So that's my uh, that's my nomination in advance is Romain Sawyer's. My all time favourite number ten, though, it's really showing my age. Some people remember this: Ian Hutchinson for Chelsea. Superb, man.
1: Yeah, exactly. No interest. And like I said to you, just as we're talking on a bit of politics here, like I said, you round the corner from the House of Parliament. As you probably know, a lot of you may have signed the survey that went around for the safe standing, or now as it's been called, stand up for choice, which means that you have the choice to stand up. You don't have to stand if you don't want to, but people who want to can stand, and the people that don't want to don't have to. The survey um, started off by just some character somewhere in England, and it's spiralled up to 100,000 Votes, which means it's going to be debated in the House of Parliament. And now the date has been chosen for that debate, which is the 25th of June, June, is it? 25th. The 25th of June. So it's going to be debated, safe standing in the House of Parliament. So what we're going to have to get everyone to do is to write to their local MPs and make sure that they attend that. So it's not one of these debates where there's three people and their dog sort of kind of sitting around talking about nothing, which is all good. But, we, you know, we'll come on to that a little bit later or check out desotted.com.
3: And also I've got to say, before we forget, on this day in 1992... Brentford won at Peterborough to clinch the third division title. So uh, so that was so that was a little bit different to the settings we are now, but what a, what a great day that was, mate. What a, a great
1: day that was for people out there and also people that haven't, they've probably seen the videos and, uh, and seen what, what the vibe it was. It was the beginning of Brentford actually doing something um, in this modern era, in effect. We've done lots of things, a nearly team up, that's the first time we'd actually gone over the boundaries and done something. But anyway, Let's talk about Brentford not doing something. Let's talk about Brentford going to Barnsley on Saturday to try and get three points so that we can keep ourselves within the playoff race. We needed to win that game. Unfortunately, we didn't quite win that game. In fact, we actually did very badly. and We lost 2-0 to a Barnsley side who we are fighting, fighting against relegation. Um, it went completely against the form books. It went completely against everything. But if you're a Brentford fan, you would say it's Brentford in it. Let's go back to the pubs to listen to what the fans had to say on the trains and in and around Barnsley after that match.
0: I thought Barnsley really, really grew into the game and really believed in themselves. And I thought Brentford melted quite easily, really. Um, just saying how if we had, um, if we can keep this team together, I think we're going to give it a great go next year, but it depends on who we keep, really. I think we got a great chance next year. I think this year we never really trouble the play off spots so we're always outside chance although good enough on our day but yeah I, I think we're going to end up where we deserve to be overall in the season but it's just the way we sort of gave it up today No it's not over by a long chore we've done ourselves a so, massive favour though Look, look what we're
4: here today but you're, you're, you didn't have your cutting edge today did you really you didn't really create did you but done know to end of it we can lose and still stop up, depending on results. Do you know what I mean? So, But don't you, go with that
1: attitude. Oh, no, but you can you can still be optimist. You know what I'm saying? So, listen, I'm going to ask you, are Barnsley staying up? Yes. Go on to Barnsley. We didn't
0: play very well and deserve to lose the game. Barnsley, fair play to them. They, OK, first goal was
3: pretty fluky. And cross come short, sorry. Um, but even then... You can see the Bees' heads went down and I didn't really think that they believed that they could win at any point after that. Yeah, I think the celebration for Neil Morphe's
0: 94th minute equaliser went on for far too long. I think I was celebrated, then was tired, then celebrated again, then was tired, and then celebrated again. A fair few Bees fans there today. Sang hearts out for for the majority of the game. I felt there's a, a few fans who may not have been to many away games, didn't really know what to expect. Um... It's great for the experience for them. Hopefully, they've had a good experience, apart from the football, and will come again. Honestly, I understand and lose today.
4: We're going to go down. uh, Brentford-Chesney playoffs. And here we are,
1: you Brentford have, have, have messed up. Fluffed it. We fluffed our lines, didn't we? Fluffed. That's just the word I was looking for. I, I couldn't figure the English. I'm really sorry that I'm really sorry that we've done
4: it here. Because we all we want Brentford to do well as well. Today the luck went with us. Completely fluky first goal. Arguably fluky second goal. After that we could have scored two or three. We had a keeper in for his second ever match. You put us under no pressure at all.
1: You were poor today. Best team won, but I, I feel fair.
0: Well, We all know that we started the season off pretty poorly. Turning points. The good, you know, the good turning points were beating. I, I think it's quite interesting. We beat Villa, and I think when we beat Villa, we were above them in the league. We beat Fulham. I think, and I might be wrong. When we beat Fulham, we were above them in the league, and we've seen what Fulham and Villa have gone on and done. So um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a good run, but it's.
1: it's, it's so, so basically, what you're saying is that since since we've beaten those two sides, they've upped their game and they've scored lots of goals and won lots of matches, and we haven't won enough. Is that what you say?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, um, so we can blame it on the beginning of the season but
3: um, the Millwall game is what killed us really and um, we were always chasing from that point on Fair play to Barnsley to be honest with you Um, they stand a good chance of sending Birmingham down now if I've got one wish now for the rest of the season it's that Cardiff go up and not for
1: So after the game the fans Barnsley fans and Brentford fans Barnsley fans are hilarious they're just so straight to the point they just tell it as it is and uh, they're obviously delighted to have got another week whether or not you know, they thought that they were dead and buried before that game. We had Barnsley fans in the pub beforehand. We went to this, the old number seven. Um, really, really good. Loads of bees in there. Loads of Barnsley, and apparently the 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 landlady from the old number seven said that Brentford fans were the best fans that they've had in there all season, which is which is nice to know. You know, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So we come inside there now, but we had a bit of a laugh. We had a laugh with the Barnsley fans, which is all good. But um you know I'm not being funny but that was that was it. again it's this kick football out of football thing as we say we had a great day great on the way up we had a great pub session beforehand and then we got to the game 10 minutes and we were looking pretty undefeated you know it looks like we're going to wipe the floor with them and then it all went horribly wrong they got that goal which was an amazing goal actually some sort of kind of lofted cross top thing and then it, it just fell apart for Brentford and I, I'm not being funny I can't remember any redeeming part of that game. I mean Ryan Woods, he did have a good game, yes, okay. But from us you could just tell it was one of those games where you you seem to have absolutely no chance of getting back into it whatsoever. We were just hoping more than anything else. It was pretty depressing, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, the bubble really burst after that first goal went in. It was um it was really not not sad to see, but it was you know, it was you could. I think the players felt. You know. I think it was just. It was like a punch to the stomach. I think they. That zapped a lot of energy out of the team. And I just thought they. If we'd have gone one up, I think they would. We would have pushed on. But. Yeah, it, it was one hurdle too far, I think. In terms of the Barnsley fans, though, the way they celebrated at the final whistle, it was, was like a mini pitch invasion, and you know, there's a police line that went across the pitch. Not that they were protecting, you know, protecting us from them. It was just kind of like, a, you know, just thought this what the stewards do. But um, yeah, for, the, for them to actually think they've escaped, I think is singing a little bit too soon. There's, there's still potential for it to go a bit pear shaped for them this set this Sunday. So um, yeah, and I was a little bit, a little bit surprised to see them jumping up and down and the players posing for for selfies and all that kind of stuff and there was a, I think it was a parade, I know it was the last home game of the season but you know, I just just think that was a little bit premature, it was a good win solid win for them, much needed and of course you get excited about, you know, escaping but to, to count your chickens I just think, you know, you might come back and bite them
1: uh, the Liberal, I mean, you, you, I know you didn't quite make the game, but you were listening to it f- from afar. I'm just wondering what the comments were and, and, and what, the, what, what you were listening to back there, and were you pulling your hair out?
4: A bit, I mean, you know, but after the 10th minute, it seemed to be all the comments was pretty resigned. Well, it's sort of, that's it. That's the end of our season. You know, we ain't going to get anything from this. We ain't going to make it through. And I think it was more, it was a more an air of resignation. There was no anger. Which I think is the important thing There was no A bit of disappointment Because we'd all G'd ourselves up For the playoffs Although I'm a bit like you Bill You know I'm slightly relieved To be honest That we're not going Into the playoff situation Two One Because we never win The playoffs You know We never win The playoff final I wasn't worried about that Uh, And and two I have On the date On the Saturday Or when the championship Playoff final will be I've actually got an event That I cannot get out of And I was struggling To think How would I Explain to my wife You know No I can't do this event you know, I've got to be at Wembley, um, you know, that may have been the end of my marriage if uh, if, if, if Brentford had, had got there. So however that problem is solved. Um, but I think what's important about it is that we look back, you know, we have been in the championship for four years. We have never finished lower than 10th on the team, on the crowds that we have, on the budget that we have. We've got to be really proud of that, you know. And on Sunday, we've still got a lot of play play for because we've got our race for the tenth place. We could even go we could. We're guaranteed 10th. No, sorry, yeah, I haven't quite... But we could even get into 8th, I reckon. And with if if we score a load of goals, we could even get 7th. Now, I mean, you know, so so we've got something to play for on, on Sunday. So I hope everybody comes along with a positive frame of mind to celebrate what a fantastic season it has been yet again for the club and to say, yes, yes, let's go for that 7th place.
3: Yeah, there was... There was a bit of a kind of a bubble bursting on the, on the um, in the seats behind the goal as well. I mean, it was a really good atmosphere. A, I thought it was a cracking following up to uh, up to Barnsley. Fifteen hundred, 1500, yeah, fifteen hundred. I think that's, that's pretty exceptional. Um, you know, for, for basically what was still a you know it was still a long shot. It was it was nothing really guaranteed there. So yeah, the Brentford fans, they got behind the team. The team, I think, they've done brilliantly in the last month uh is, yeah it was just it was just i i thought in my heart of hearts i thought there would be some something more dramatic would happen to to, to 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 sort of close the season out. It, it felt like a, as you said, like a bit of a damp squib. Which, you know I, know, I know that we've, you know, we've we've got, you know, got the point, the last gas point of Fulham, and it's and it's kept us on the front foot. It's kept us positive. It's kept us dreaming and believing and getting behind the team. So to, go, you know, I've said it several times. To go to the last couple of games it is is incredible, really. But you know. We, we, over the nine months, we haven't been quite good enough. So I think we need to be honest about that and say, you know, we if we weren't weren't good enough to get into the playoffs, we weren't good enough to go up. But there's not a lot I see that's wrong with this team. And if we can get a better start and if we can just be a little bit more consistent, um, show the consistency we have done over the last couple of months, then there's absolutely no reason to suggest why we can't go at least one step further next year and, and in the playoffs.
4: Perhaps you're still struggling from what was a very good away day by the sounds of it and from all, that I, all the WhatsApp messages that were floating around and all the photographs that I've
3: seen. But you sound a bit downbeat, Dave. I mean, you know, let's be really positive about no, this. I, I'm not downbeat. I'm in a very, very quiet room and it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit odd. Normally on these podcasts we're, we're sort of like battling against PAs and, and sort of 300 people, sort of, you know, there's some background noise in here. I'm listening to Billy Joel.
4: Billy Joel and Uptown Girl, which is, you know, I'm an Uptown boy and I'm really up for Sunday's game because I want... What I hope to do is that the players will put on a real show for us. We can talk about this later. but. (laughs) <laughs> no innuendos implied or intended but um, you know you obviously had a great away day credits to the club for laying on the free coaches to get the fans up there on on, on last Saturday sounded, sounded as though it was all, all good fun um, so the away day the last away day Keep football out of football. Yeah, great fun. The football was a disappointment. On Sunday, we can have a bit more fun with the football and with the rest of the day.
1: Yeah, you didn't talk. to me. it was, it was Saturday. Actually, was to be fair, to kick football out of football. It was a very long, and we didn't talk. We normally talk about it in our intros, but we didn't do it. it. Was it was a five o'clock in the morning job?y Actually, for me, um, it was an absolutely fantastic night. Day and night, other than the football, as we say. But I'm just going to go back to what um, the Liberal has said, you know, and he was talking about um, we should be celebrating. Exactly how we've done. It's interesting. There was a, a newspaper, we lost a bit of clickbait, who's who's put this spending league up, which is probably sort of fairly inaccurate because they they've worked out the spending league and how, how how all the teams how much all the teams are spent in our division, but then most of them have got undisclosed fees. So I'm trying to work out how could you work out they spent if you actually haven't disclosed the fees. But we can just let's just go with the figures that they have put anyway now. And I think what is important out that is the fact that you know we know this regardless of this this thing that Burton are bottom of this league uh, according to the, the figures that were there. They they spent about £500,000 500, and then Millwall a second bottom Peony a third bottom Bolton a fourth bottom and Ipswich which I think is quite interesting we talk about Ipswich they always say they've never spent any money which are fifth bottom of this league um, you know Brentford actually come in at 16th. They say they've spent 16.4 million. Whether or not that's right or wrong, we don't know. I mean, obviously the people in the club will know, but it's putting us roughly mid-table, sort of lower mid-table 16th, whereas the teams at the top are people like Villa, 68 million, Hull are second at 62 million, Borough third at 62 million, you know, and you've got to look at how Hull have done this season. You know, the amount of money that they've got and their players, they'll be gutted. Walls at 41 million. They said their Derby at 41 million as well. Sunderland at 40 million. And Fulham at 38 million. So it's kind of showing you what you're kind of having to deal with. Yeah, the one thing that I will say, though, is because it's interesting when we're talking about the playoffs here, there's one team. Um, we say, oh, aren't we so unlucky? We you know but we can go again next season. I'm going to ask you, and listen, this is no disrespect to the team because we love the people there and we think they're cool, they're just like us. But what would you think of Preston North End, who have got a very much good chance of getting to the playoffs? What are your thoughts there?
4: I'm amazed they they are they are the team that is punching above their weight clearly this season um, and I suspect though that if they don't do if they don't get into the playoff final um, they will they won't be that disappointed but this is their chance this is their opportunity I suspect it's um, it's push or bust for them not because of the finances or anything but I think that they play a certain way PNE. They've got a certain style of football, which I think other teams in the Championship will have found out next year. Um, I hope I'm making sense on this one. No, I think they're, they're one-season wonders. The reason that, and it quite often happens is that there is one very dark horse team that gets into the playoff positions and gets through, but then actually the, the year after struggles, and I think that will be PE. I don't see them... Well, no, actually, I was going to say I don't see them going up. I can, I can easily see what might happen is them pushing Fulham out.
1: But this is, this, this, is my, this, this is my point. I'm just sort of saying to you, and this is not like a, 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 a sort of a green, you know, green with envy type thing. But if Preston get to the playoffs, won't you be turning around thinking that could have been us? That should have been us. Or are you thinking, oh, no, they're actually better than us?
3: Um, I guess I guess the table doesn't lie. You know they, they're better than us at winning points. It depends how you gauge better. And you know, uh, I am surprised. I am surprised by Preston. We we beat them pretty pretty well um, away. We drew with them at home. Um, Preston, I think, were very functional, but they, they're very they're, they're clearly very consistent. They, they they've been up there or thereabouts. I know that we leapfrogged them for a little bit. And then they, they've sort of obviously kept track with us, and they've uh, they've sort of ended the season in a in a position that is probably going to be vast or certainly in the playoffs. So you know you've got you got to tip your hats. It's but it's whether you want that kind of football. And as Nick said, you know there's a good chance that that, that spirit and that kind of um, that kind of the way they play. So it's, it's very very rough. You know you have got to remember what you know what happened to. Um, to Nico Unaris uh, up at their place, you know, he, he got but he stretched off, and we all we all thought he'd broken his neck at the time. I know, I know, he was up and around afterwards, but you know, it, they they do mix it, so I, that's just not the way we play football. There's no point in us kind of even having a conversation about, you know, do we want to play that way? That's not so, that's not the, that's no. not the conversation. I mean, I the, com-
1: the conversation I'm just saying is that, you know, look at the problem is that sometimes we all go. Uh, haven't we done so well? You know, we you know we just missed out. But the fact is that we could have actually been there.
4: I'm not being disrespectful to PNE, but I mean that, that's fine and good luck to them if they manage to if they manage to make it up because they'll 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 instantly sink again from the Premiership. They'll be definitely bottom of the Premiership next year should by some miracle they win win the playoffs with but 150
1: actually, million in their pocket. Yeah,
4: but but I don't you know I. I'm not interested in watching football like that. I wouldn't sacrifice my soul, that's a bit strong, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to sacrifice watching some of the great football that Brentford play just on the off chance that we might somehow battle our way through and get up into the Premier League for, for one season. I'm far happier, as I said, watching, watching a team develop consistently, building, playing good football, developing on, and really having fun. With Preston, it. Preston are going to be really. They're a they're a cloggers team.
3: Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying like um, like we're victims of anything. I think you know. I think it's right. Equally right to say that we've done really well. But I, I actually said earlier that we over the nine months we haven't been good enough. Um, we we have fallen short of what's required to to extend the season. So you know there's there's still there's still things to learn. There's still things to improve. Um, Preston have 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 been they've done a better job so far this season. So you know we still can finish above them. So you know let's let's see what happens at, at sort of like three o'clock on, on Sunday. Let's see let's see where we all are. But you know to, to be in with a shout going into the last day of the season, it must be brilliant up at up at Deepdale. And you know our mates, our P and E mates, they, they must be really excited and, and and good luck to them. They're not good enough to go up. Um, and you say, you know, what happens with the 150 million? And then great, but they're, they're not prepared for, 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 for that. It will come as a total surprise, and I think if you're not actually if you're not actually prepared for it, it will be panic stations.
1: I'm gonna I'm to just come back to um, our game against Barnsley, and Barnsley, we obviously when we've talked about PE and the fact that we in effect we've missed out and we've enla- enabled PE to have a slip into that potential um, playoff spot. Let's have a look at Barnsley. Barnsley are very happy because they've now have been given a light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, they're only a few years they've, they've slipped out of the, the relegation zone. So um, Burton, um, um, or Sunderland, are very much in there as well. And Bolton is in there as well. You know, as well. But then we've got um, Barnsley and Burton, well, who are looking to get out of it. And then obviously Birmingham City are potentially in trouble and possibly Reading. So what we've got is that we've got a. Sort of five stroke four stroke five team sort of end of season race which again is very exciting we talked about the last game of the season you know you're not not really going to be able to call this one are you
3: no um it's going to be a real nail-biter for a lot of those teams red reading or birmingham i'd love to see down um one one or the other barnsley um have, have to go to PE um, that's that's the game that we're talking. Sorry, Burton going to PNE, um, Barnsley have got Derby. So yeah, both both really difficult games there for for, for the away team. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I said last week I've been I've been guilty of wishing for too many things in the last few weeks. I've wanted us to be in the playoffs. I've wanted Fulham to screw the screw up promotion, and I've and I've wanted Birmingham to go down. So now Brentford are out of the equation. There's, two, there's only two things to hope for. And it's kind of, we, we had this conversation on the train on the way back. If you could choose one, Fulham missing out on promotion or Birmingham going down, which one would it be? You know, and I, I still say I'd, I'd love Fulham to, to mess up on, on promotion. I don't, I don't mind playing Birmingham again next season. I think it's, I think, you know, it, I've enjoyed the rivalry this year. I think the rivalry will, has been ignited. I think it will be a feisty couple of games against them next year. Um, It would be great for them to to go down, don't get me wrong, but if I could choose only one of those two scenarios to happen, it would be Fulham to mess up. I disagree with that. I'd actually
4: want Fulham to go up and Birmingham to go down um, because Birmingham have, you know, they've got big clubitis and they deserve to be put in their place. And while I feel sorry for Sunderland and all the, the the staff and the players of Sunderland who will get relegated, I have no I'll have no sympathy at all if at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon it's Birmingham who've gone down. Birmingham think they can you know come along. They think they're they can boss this league. They think they can you know take what players they like. Their fans are pretty um, nasty as well on social media and in person. I would have
1: They, they have, smashed they smashed up arm They're trying to nick the tills at arm didn't they? Yeah. There's a photograph on social media where they had to shut the, the they had to shut the concession um, stalls because they uh they basically tried, they tried to they smash tried up. They
3: tried to steal the money from their own fans. <laughs> the money the money that their fans had spent they tried to steal, which <laughs> is a bit odd. Yeah. Which is quite similar
1: to what happened when they came to Brentford in nineteen what's it in the Laden Daff and they nicked all the the older the older uh, the older uh, old, uh, t- pool machines and the cigarette machines and the pool tables, but, but you know. Just, but I don't want to tie them all with unbrush because I've got some very good Birmingham mates as well but that was a bit silly that was
4: but just and just to finish my point the reason I want to see Fulham go up is two reasons one I want them to get out the way so that when we go for our promotion push next year they, we won't have Fulham to, to, to worry about that will be one less team to worry about and actually look you know let's be you know how good liberal that I am I see all sides of the argument Fulham will play some good football this season and um, they are an attractive team to watch and I think probably they uh, along with Wolves deserve to go up um, and I'd far rather see Fulham than Cardiff in the Premier League
1: I mean it's interesting I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because we don't watch Premier League football anyway so if Cardiff are out there I, I mean for me I'd, I'd much rather um, Birmingham get relegated which is a difficult one because I don't want Fulham to be promoted because they have been chucking it around um, the last few weeks um, you know but that's, that's how it goes and you know like I said to you if you give it you've also got to take it but um, I mean they do play some fantastic football so it would actually be quite funny to actually see them not go up but at the same time I've got some good Birmingham mates but, I, uh, but I, to see them down maybe to just teach those players a bit of a lesson which would be all good but listen let's move on Because we need to talk about next season as well for Brentford. Just have a little thoughts because obviously now that our last game of the season is going to be on Sunday, and then after that you get all the rumours flying around who's coming, who's going, what's going to be happening. Listen, I know we've been talking about it quite a lot over the next few weeks, well the last few weeks, but it might be something to just actually kind of just tip our mind to as we actually end this season as to exactly who do we think might actually be reappearing in the first week in August on the Griffin Park turf in the Red and White Stripes. So here we go, next season. We're already looking towards next season. A lot of people say, you know, towards the end of the season, our team always finishes very brightly. Okay, yeah, we did have a loss against Barnsley, but overall our back end of the season again has been fantastic we've had a really good run a lot of people say if we didn't have that horrendous first 11 matches, we'd have been right up there, we'd have been right, you know, higher than we'd have been at any of the the, the previous three seasons, but listen, that's, that's what happens, but the fact is that we've come off a bad run, so normally when we come off the back of a good run, the fans are enthusiastic as we go into the next season, you know, last season we thought we were going to finish top 6, top 4, top 2, because we had a wicked runners were coming in Hotter was on fire vBay was scoring goals and it was looking good but then things changed in the close season VBay was the subject of the bid from the same Chinese club that sport him now you know so he was kind of like he had his one iron going Hotter wanted to leave you had Dean who wanted to go and it kind of upset the apple cart a little bit this season now we've done fantastically well and technically we should be a top six sides. We're not, we're not saying we are, but technically we could have beaten most of those sides in the top six. We could have been there apart from our form. So that's going to attract some people to our players. right? It's, that's undoubtedly. And also what I'm just going to say is that if you look at the way cyclically things happen, Every sort of kind of two years or so, we seem to have a little bit of, I don't want to say clear out, but people just come in for our players and we have a sort of a bit of a wholesale, oh no, we've had quite a few players leave and then we get a few more players come in. This summer, you know, what's going to happen to Brentford? You know, we've had Mepham, he's been the subject of £8 million big. Do, you know, it's out of our hands to a certain extent because... It's up to the team, the external teams, to come and put money in for our players. So if somebody bids 30 million for Eppham he's going to go tomorrow. You know, So if no one does that, it doesn't happen. Like, you know, Hotter, if, no, if people hadn't bid 6 million for him, Birmingham, he, not, 98% chance he wouldn't have gone because nobody else would have come in for him. So that's what's happened. But what's going to happen to him? Are there any other players out there? Because I, I mean, I know a few people, like I said to you, out there in the footballing world. And there's a lot of buzz going on around our Brentford players. There's a lot of buzz. The football village, you know, because the football village is a small little village. There's a lot of buzz going on around the Brentford players. So the question I'm going to ask: How's you know how's this going to map out?
4: Is it as small as the village I live in, Bill?
1: I've got no idea, actually. You know, what I'm saying, you know. But I mean, Laney, I mean, okay. First of all, you know, just, just just let's have a look at the Brentford team and. and any players out there who you think it's gonna, it, this? You know they could they could be gone next season.
3: God, there's loads, isn't there? Really, you know, pick one. No, well, it's difficult just to pick one. I mean, Wood, Woodsy's kind of jumps out as one that's you know is is. There's been a lot of talk about him the last couple of windows. Um, he's, he's stood out, stood out like so impressively this 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 season. He's you know one of the first names um, on on the team sheet. Uh, Romain Sawyers has had a stunning, stunning year. Dan Bentley has had another great season. Um, you could go for all, all of them, really. It, you know, there's obviously Mepham you, you mentioned. Obviously, Bielin's out of contract, and he's talked about going to. his desire to play at the top level. Well, let's talk about
1: the first. One. So, Bielin, okay, Bielin is he's off. Okay, I mean, luckily he'll still be at Brentford when he plays in Russia, so we can still say they'll be saying on the TV. Um, Bielan, who plays for Brentford, so at least we will have our first Russian or so first international World Cup player player playing at the World Cup, which is Bielan and Scard as well if he gets in the side. So um, Bielan's gone. His thoughts of going into the Premier League.
3: Uh, well, he's not a Premier Premier League player. I, I wouldn't say um, he's got a lack of pace, which is probably down to the knee that he broke uh, at Brentford. He's is. He's in the he's in the age bracket. He's got the experience. He's got the calibre. I, I, maybe a Premiership club will take him because he's really just got to pay his wages. So maybe someone would take a punt on him. But uh, he won't he won't get he won't much won't get much game time. Maybe he's not worried about that. Maybe it's just about wages now. To, you know. So you wouldn't blame him. I think Brentford have offered him another contract. Um, I wouldn't personally be too upset to, to see him to see him go. I think he's you know he's an injury away from from being you know side. Line for a, a good chunk of the season, and he's, he's had a great year. Let's let's just drop our caps to him and say, you know, well done, thank you. But I I, I won't be losing sleep out over him over him going.
4: I, I could easily see Bellens actually ending up at Sheffield United Leeds one of those teams that will pay a few more pounds in wages, like um, uh, like a lot of our central defenders in the past have seemed to want to move for better wages. They don't always get better football. So, you know, that's, a, that's an issue for Belen that he's got to think about. Um, stick with us, he could be on a successful team. But I, 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 I think he'll move, but he'll move to a, he'll move to a bigger spending championship club, bigger wage spending championship club.
3: And also, you you got to if you're talking about players that are going, you have to look at the ones who haven't haven't really impressed at all this year. And I think you know Josh McEachran is probably one that we would like to get off our wage bill now. Um, he came to Brentford to try and you know get his career back on track. He, he hasn't done that. He's been he's been sort of plagued by sort of minor injuries. Um, He's he's someone that frustrates me massively. He's he's, he's a player that you know uh, he, he's capable of so much, but he's achieved so little. Um, there's a couple of players that other players that you kind of wonder what you know what their futures may 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 have, um, and would players would other sort of clubs come in for them? Nico Yunaris, is he is he one that you know is he one that you want to keep, or is he one that you would want to go? Um, you would look at Egan. Is he is he someone that we want to you know continue with, or is he someone we want we, to we'll bring someone through the B team? Well, I'm
1: gonna, again, again, let just come. Let I me mean, let's talk about and let's play as one by one and let's just discuss them, right? So you talk about John Egan, and the question I'm going to say about John Egan is that every transfer window, the last few transfer windows. There's always been talk about John Egan. It was always Sheffield United. Egan goes Sheffield United. Egan Sheffield United. Then there was the sort of kind of centre back trio. Who's going to play? And there's all this stuff going on. You know, with the different centre backs. Then he then he became the captain, which is quite good. But there was just one of those things with the, the Egan scenario. Is that like he's been at Brentford, and even though he's kind of played, he's, he's always n- not quite been settled. As you know, this is our centre back. This is our centre back period. And I I don't know. I've I've got I don't know.
3: I've got a bit of a I don't know. I've got a feeling that he might, you know, this whole Sheffield United thing. I don't know. You it's got know. A t- touch of the O'Connells about him, isn't he? It's, it's kind of like, you know, he's he's, he's it's a perfectly good defender, um, but for whatever reason, he's not he's not helped make Brentford watertight. You know, we he was part of a, a, a you know a team that was constantly leaking goals earlier on in the season, and it was it was only you know, and I don't mean this in a petty way. It was only since Harley Dean's left that you know we seem to have stumbled across. Having Mepham in the team, and 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 Mepham is the is, is the player that we, we build our defence around, assuming that he's here. So you know we we could we could end up if we're not careful with with three. Three defenders leaving in the summer, and then we're, you know, we're jeopardising then the starts of the season. You've got to hope then that defence is is, is squeaky squeaky tight when we um, when we start in August.
4: To turn the question round slightly, well, there are two players actually that I would like to see remain at Brentford for the good of their careers. One of which is Egan. I think Egan, if he could get another full season under his belt as our captain, as our first choice centre back, which I think he probably will be next year, he could do himself a great big favour and actually. Increases value, and in the in the years to come. So I would suggest he would stay, and that applies equally as well. Because there's been sniffing talk about Watkins. Ollie Watkins has came to us from Exeter. He's been on a learning curve this season. There was some talk in the January transfer window about whether you know somebody big might want to come in. I There might be one or two players, uh, clubs prepared to take a gamble on Watkins. I would say. Ollie Watkins should stay with us for another full season as well because I think he can only do well at learning and that will also greatly increase his value so those Egan and Watkins should be staying for the good of their health and their future financial wages. We've also got to
3: say as well that we need need to have Barbe in mind as well here because he, he you know, he's, he's done nothing wrong. So you know, we need to make sure that he gets game time. Otherwise, he's going to want to go no, as well. This is the thing. I
1: mean, this is the whole problem that we've got. He's been playing out the left. He says that he hates playing at left back, but he's done it. He's almost like seems to be one of these players who just, you know, he's. He'll, he'll do what you want, and he's happy, and he'll smile, and he won't complain. But he's got to be thinking, you know, oh, I'm better than this. Is he going to get game time again? I think he's another. Could be a little bit of a doubt, a question mark. You know what I'm saying? When you, because you've always got this almost like two or three year itch. He's been there for quite a while. When you get players there for quite a while, you know, some of them they ever just bed in, and they go. Another them they're saying, right, this is it. This is my time and moment to actually do what I want to do. And it's a, it's a bit worried about. I think I'm you know a bit worried about Barbe. What I'll flip back to is Ryan Woods because we didn't discuss Ryan Woods. at All, every window, Ryan Woods. We talk about Ryan Woods. Every game, we talk about the the, the, the way supporters talk about Ryan Woods. They say the opposition says, "Who is that player?" You know, even Barnsley fans were saying that Ryan Woods was absolutely. Even though we were terrible, they were talking about him, saying he was absolutely brilliant. Ryan Woods, and we heard a little rumor, like I said to you in January as well about Ryan Woods and the fact that he know then Birmingham and put that thing about which didn't end up, you know, but to me no smoke without fire and, and I will be very, very surprised if somebody doesn't come in and put a lot of money and give us, offer us a lot of money for Ryan Woods you know what we like, if we, if we get off the money we will take it, I, I, I'll be very surprised if Ryan Woods is here next season
4: I've assumed Ryan Woods is off, I think I don't think that we can uh, contemplate seeing Ryan Woods in a Brentford shirt come 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 August. He has been. He's been a stand-up player for us this season, but what's really interesting is the vibe that's built up. Every single away podcast that you, that you guys have done, we, we've done, every single opposition supporter, when Rahm Woods has been on the pitch, has said, that ginger, that ginger guy you've got playing for you, who is he? He's really good. Lots of, pla- lots of the supporters have recognised, the away fans have recognised how good Woods is, so it means that there must be lots of people out in the, in the football village who recognise that as well.
3: Yeah, I, I hope it's. I hope if he does go, we, I, he's earned his move. Um, he's been, you know, he's been an exceptional performer at Brentford. He's got better and better. I think this year he's, he's been at his best. Um, as, after, after coming back from his suspension, he, he looks. He looks on a different level. He, obviously not not Saturday, just gone, but. Um, you know, I, I, I'd rather him go before it gets soured in the same way as it's done with a couple of players. If it's not sorted out before, you know, I don't, I don't want it to start. I don't want the season to start or get get really close to the to the start of the season and it all be up in the air and he, and he refuses to play and it's, it's and it's you know he's pushing for a move. I think. If someone wants him, we come in with an offer that we can't refuse, and I think he goes. I think he goes with our blessing. Obviously, in an ideal world, we keep him. You know, we need to be building promotion teams around players like that. But you know, we, we have to be a realist, and we know how, we know how the we know how the formula works.
4: I'm going to be really controversial here. If Fulham go up, he would be an ideal player to fit into Fulham's midfield in, in the Premier League, and you know and Fulham would be mad if they go up not to make a sensible big bid for Ryan Woods because he could do a lot for
0: them well,
1: I, mean, I tell you something because I've, I've, I've sort of woke up with shakes for in the past few days I didn't really actually yeah. but um, no. But I was just thinking I was, I'm, think, I'm actually thinking that you know we may be having a bit of a kind of People, they're vultures, and they're going to take quite a few of our players. And part of the other thing that I'm saying, and this is this is through no knowledge at all, except for just waking up in the middle of the night. I'm sort of thinking that yeah, might be yeah, might be wrong. But Dean Smith has been here for for a while. He's been here for a while. There's rumours about people liking him now. If Dean Smith went to, say, for example, West Brom, even if they got relegated, they've got money. They need a change. Um, he knows a few of our players. He's, he's he's in with Romain. Like loves Romain Sawyers. He, he knows Woodsey. this that like, the other. If he turned around and he just went, tell you something. You've got to give them twenty million for Woodsey and ten million for Sawyers. I'm just being facetious there. They'd probably go, oh, great. We've got hundred. You know, we got all this parachute money. We'll do that. Um, all, I'm, all I'm trying to say is that you just never know what's going to happen in the summer and maybe I might be wrong maybe Smith is, he's happy and he's I don't know it's just I think that this could be a bit of a tumultuous summer.
3: Is every chance of it being that very you know, exactly that it, there's you know there's, there's, there's always a chance of us having been cherry-picked for one or two but it, but there's no there's no guarantee that someone's going not going to come in and, and, and take five five or six including the manager you know or, or try attempt that and that'll be hugely unsettling you've got you've got a hope that that that's not the case because you know it, it could there's too much it's too much upheaval the DOFs, um clearly have to, have to earn their corn again this summer and, and and make sure that they can replace and improve on on certain positions and guarantee that we can go well at least one step further next year but if you've, if, you've got, if you've got to improve the team and replace the team all at the same time and then get get the team all all together for pre-season training with a manager that's not there or a new manager that's coming in you know it, it's, it, it could prove chaotic too chaotic to expect anything at all next year so as Brentford fans you know I, I just really th- you know we, we just got to hope I'm not going to start you know, I've, yes, it's, I'm not going to start scaremongering, but you're right to say we, we could we could be witnessing you know a, a lot of pl- pillaging going on. here
4: I blow, I blow as as people will know, regulars will know, I blow hot and cold on Dean Smith, and I'm currently on a hot phase, um, and would would wish him to to stay at the club. Uh, but a couple, up until about three four weeks ago, I did think that yeah, all the paper talk was about him going to West Bromwich Albion. That seems to die down a bit because Dar- West Brom and Jalbin are down. They're in the Championship next year, but the Darren Moore, who's their current manager, seems to be getting a lot of love um, from West Brom fans and from, from the media as well. And I suspect that Darren Moore will at least be given a chance for a while to, 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 to see how he can do with the club in the Championship. So Dean Smith is unlikely to go there. I mean, Dean Smith, remember, is a head coach. He's not a manager. He's never had the manager's situation. I'm not certain that there are clubs, certainly not clubs in the Premier League I'm not certain there are bigger clubs, and I use the inverted commas there very strongly, in the Championship who are prepared to take a gamble on having a head coach rather than than a manager, because they don't know how the system works, I mean, Dean Smith is perfect for Brentford's system he's not, you know, he's going to have to search long and hard, for his own sake as well, to find a club that Operates in the same successful way that Brentford do. And his big mistake would be, you know, he could easily end up sinking down the leagues um, a bit like <clears throat> some Warburton, etc. If he doesn't, because he will recognise why he's successful within the Brentford system. There are very few other football clubs out there that operate
1: that way just talking about players as well because we've talked about obviously like I said the Woods the Egan the Soyes the Barbe as well there's another player which is McLeod who's very much come in and out of Brentford in and out of Brentford and uh, there was a rumour flying around um, probably about two or three months ago and the fact that you know we're not sure whether or not he's going to be signing a new contract now if, if you ain't signing a new contract you know what happens at Brentford it's kind of like you know alright we need to move we've got to move on so you know if he doesn't play on Saturdays, is this going to be you know, is that the last that we're going to see on Sunday Josh McLeod in a um, Lewis, McLeod. Lewis McLeod Josh McLeod Lewis McLeod in a, in a Brentford shirt P-
3: quite probably yeah he's, he's certainly one that we probably wouldn't have thought about unless you just brought him up and you know it's uh he's been another one plagued by injury He's, he's, he's been unlucky. You know, he, he's certainly had moments where he's been in really good form and he, he hasn't played badly at all since he's been in, included, you know, recently. So, you know, Brent, Brentford have given him some game time to prove that he's, he's not surplus of requirements and I think they would probably want to keep him if they can, you know, if they can do so. But, you know, Rangers Rangers may come sniffing. They've got some, you know, if they get Stephen Gerrard. I think Stephen Gerrard's probably going to, you know, obviously be going for for bigger players and than, than. Josh McLeod or Lewis McCloud. <laughs> then, uh, then so yeah, uh, it's, it's frustrating because I think he's a better player than we've seen him. But not all of them work out. You know, you, you can't you can't give them all an, an, an infinite amount of time. So sometimes you just go, okay, well, it's a shame, it didn't work out. He'll probably he'll probably go somewhere else and do do great, and we'll go, oh, why didn't we keep him? But it it, it, it hasn't worked out, and, and on that perform on that basis, you go, I'm out. You know. On the basis of we're losing
4: Ram Woods, actually I would do I would keep Lewis McLeod because I think actually he could grow in. There is, you know, he he's a good player. He's a very good player, and there's lots of potential there. Um, I think, you know, given if he can avoid falling over twigs or down rabbit down rabbit holes, there's every chance that he could turn into a crucial player for us. So he's one of them that I would say stay for another year with us, Lewis, because you know you can make yourself a top top championship player and in a, in a year's time we could be saying you could go for quite a lot of money
3: but you know you saying that is it's 100% right you, you, it's true that he, he could be a useful replacement for Woods if he goes but again you've got to remind yourself he's quite a fragile fra- fragile little bunny isn't he you know <laughs> and um, we, we just don't we don't need injury prone players you know and that's, and that's the reason I say it about um, about Josh McEachran um, or Lewis McEachran it's, it's just uh, you know just in, he goes down like he goes down very very easily and he has oxygen almost immediately every time he does go down and and you know I'm not saying he's a wimp because I, I you know it, I'm sure he's genuinely hurting but you you do sometimes get a feeling that they're a little bit not they're not sort of robust enough for, for a nine month season and we need we need a proper backbone to this team and we need one that's not too fragile and i think those two players are a little bit lightweight talking about people go down easily John Terry's mum.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't quite work so well there with the Liberal link, but, you know, which is all good. But listen, talk about players coming through more to the point. You know, we've got Benny, who we saw a little sniff of. You know, looked quite fast, looked like raw, quite exciting. He's going to go in to have a close season because, you know, players need a good old close season. Um, He's going to have a close season. We're going to talk about Canos, who has been disappointing this season, as we say. But, you know, all you need is Canos to... um, again to have a half decent close season and maybe he might come off because the thing I, you know, I mean I said this beforehand I said that I thought that if you know not saying we wish him back but if Hotter was performing on the right and we had um, Joseph performing on the left in this tight side and doing what Hotter was doing without 100% we would have been in the playoffs but that hasn't happened and Canos hasn't performed to um, where he could have done so we've sort of failed to a certain extent but if Canos can get himself up to that next level next season you know things could be looking you know good
3: yeah another player that I'm gonna to have to mention again is you know we need we need more goals from midfield we need people to contribute um, more from more than just the the more pay or whoever's playing up front and um, Reese Cole is someone who's, who's week in week out in the reserves has been banging the goals in he's got a sweetest strike on him um, he's, he's such a such a great kid, and he's he is Brentford, you know, through and through. I'd love for him to get a run in the team next year, and I, I think you know we've got Zane Westbrook, who's you know rumored to be going to, to Coventry, before he's had a trial there at the very least i 'd like to see a couple of these these lads sort of get given given a run in the team even if, even if that jeopardizes our automatic chances of going up it 's not, it's not all you know i 'm one that 's not jumping up and down demanding Premiership football right next year or even the year after but you know i 'd like to see some of these players given given a chance and I think there are players in that B team set up you know that we we, we saw a lot we, you know we saw um Chatsy Theorides that went off to Cheltenham. You know, he he shows that he he had potential at at left-back, and we've got Rico Henry coming back from injury. You know, there's, there's options already within this team. So, you know, it's important I think that we just don't, you know, because equally, you know, as fans and you know, listeners now, you might be one of them that's been sort of, you know, been you know, bemoaning the fact that we let Alfie Morrison go for cheap and too early and all of that. But we've got players of of of, of, e- of equal potential as Alfie sitting there in our B team, and and you know, do we want to? Do we want you've got to ask yourself this question actually I have got an answer for you here, you've got to ask yourself this question, do you want to risk that happening again and then lambasting the club for allowing that to happen and not giving them a chance or do you want to give them a chance next year and that being a little bit more risky, so you know there's been big decisions to be made here
4: The great thing about being a Brentford fan is that this time next year we'll be talking about somebody who's had a breakthrough season who we haven't even mentioned during the course of the conversation over the last half hour because there will be somebody who will turn out on that pitch in August, September who we may not have heard of or we've only seen play for the B team who will really start to come through and be exciting to watch and that's what's fun about being a Brentford fan because we can't actually predict who our starting level will be in August and
3: not many clubs can necessarily do that. Yeah, and you know, Neil We we are going to expect some, some more from him from from him next year. You know, it's not it's not to say that you know we're going to be overly critical, but he, he's you know he, he's he's been hot and cold. Um, he's, he had his first year under his belt. He can go away and have a little bit of a rest. He can come back and do pre-season with us. Um, you, Sergio Canos, you, you mentioned that a minute ago. He needs to have a better season next year. He's he's, he's been really disappointing, I think, this year. You know, again, top guy, someone you want in the camp, someone you want sort of, uh, you know, motivating the players and getting behind the team and getting behind the fans and, and, and whipping them up. But there's, there's some players who, who are going to be here next year that need to up their game as well. And you know, again, Rico Henry coming back from from injury, you know, whether he's in contention from from day one next year or we're going to introduce him slowly, we'll have to wait and see. But there's again, there's there's B team fullbacks that can that can come in. No, no, no. And 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 an interesting use. I mean, you talk about that as well. I mean.
1: Interestingly, Brentford played Man City again. We seem to play Man City, our B team, every other week now. Um, they lost to Man City this time, 4-3. But um, interestingly, Marcus Force scored another two goals as well. And you know, we've seen Marcus, you know, he scored, you know, he's played a few times and scored a few goals. And he's kind of one of the players who seems to be a little bit under the radar because they're, they're not talking about him as such. So I don't know if they're trying to give him a bit of time to develop or whatever. But he, he seems to be in and amongst
3: um, the goals, doesn't he? He does. He does. He's, he's scoring. He's scoring really regularly, and you know we've seen. We haven't seen him an awful lot. From what I've seen, he's a really solid forward. Um, you know, yeah. I, I personally think he's a. He's a. You know, he's a challenger for, for, um, uh, for Mopé. You know, another player we haven't even mentioned Marcondes. You know, we haven't mentioned Marcondes. We could. You know, these poor people listening to this now going. What about Emilio? What about Emilio? Is is another one that hasn't? You know. Um, there's,
1: you know, there's, there's, no, there's no end in this B team. I mean, there's obviously Emiliano, like I said to you, top scoring. Um, and again, he needs a close season. He didn't have a close season with us. And I think he's probably found it a little bit difficult to fit in. And, he, you know, we need to find out his position, what he plays, what he does as well. But the other person who I know, they've got big, big, big plans for him as well. And that's probably why maybe our centre back situation is we're probably a little bit, you know, less worried about it with Bielend obviously going to be going. Egan maybe may not be going. Um, um, uh, we talk about Barbe. Is you know we got Mads Beck Sorensen. Now when he came here, everyone was going on about him. He's going to be going straight in the first team. He spent a year in the B team now, but he's a lump and he is a, a very very good established player, uh, an under nineteen Danish player as well. So we you know we might like I said to you, I could see us probably we might we might be sort of taking a few risks or changing things up a little bit at yeah. earlier to next season, but we shall see. But look it's still very early because we've not even at the end of the close season yet we're going to have our Mid-season podcast, probably in the first of June, round about then. We'll have a mid-season podcast. We'll have a back-end mid,
3: podcast. Mid-close season, mid-close mid-close is mid-close is sorry, a
1: mid-close season podcast. Then we'll have a sort of back-end close season podcast after all the late, late mid podcast, which is and probably going to be the end of a playoff uh,
4: podcast, playoff
1: playoff close season podcast. Yeah, yeah, we won't have one of those actually. No, <laughs> you know. So we'll be talking about all these things. And like I said, you also check out our radio show, um, um, nine till ten o'clock Thursday night. Love Sport Radio five five eight a.m. and Love Radio as well, we're going to be. I said next week's our last podcast, and then we'll have a couple in the summer. But the radio show, we're going to be. Well, we're going to be doing it all through the summer. Which should be quite interesting to find out things to talk about then. But anyway, we're just going to have a little think and look forward to the whole game at the weekend. Whole City coming down, and this is quite reminiscent. I don't know if you remember um, years back, we played Whole City last game of the season when we were in the um, it Division Two? or the, sort of the third tier as it was and um, Brentford, Hull City were going to win the league that we're in and Brentford were there and um, we played Carly Hodgson and we just played a load of kids we put a load of kids out that hadn't played before including Carly Osman a load of players and we actually beat them 2-1 which is a surprise if I remember rightly I think they still won the league or they still got promoted anyway so they were all celebrating but we actually beat them we're playing the hole on Sunday, and to be honest, I mean this game is, as they call it in America, is a dead rubber, man. You know, it's just all over. They've got nothing to play for. We've got nothing to play for. They've had quite a, you know, a decent run coming to the back end of the season. We've had a decent run, you know, by bar the Barnsley game. Now, I mean, Brentford are sitting where they are at the moment now, the potential top ten, but we can go as high as seventh. The question is, that if we come into this whole game, do we? put the sort of inverted commas strongest side out to try and guarantee ourselves a win or try and get this win uh, you can't guarantee anything and get this seventh place or do we actually put in the kids put in players who can uh,
3: who are going to you know be part of our future Laney uh, personally I would put the kids in um, we've guaranteed top 10 in my eyes that's all that really matters we've, we've been in this division for four years and each each year we've finished in that top 10 that's, that's, that's my benchmark how, the, how the, the owner and the manager and the coaches and the DOF see, see what success and, and failure is um, I would have assumed that they've, they, 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 would have, they would have gauged failure as not finishing the top 6 this year I think they need to come out of this with as many positives as they can. The result, you riot, right, is, is irrelevant. Um, so I'd play some of these fringe players, some of these B teams. Who exactly? Well, the, the B team that have done so brilliantly, I'd, I'd say, this year, they, they've earned their riot. So. So which players would you play? Uh, well, I said Force. W- w- you know, why not? Um, um, I'd say um, uh, Tom Field. Why not? Um, Reece Cole, why not? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily rest Daniel Bentley um, for Ellery Balcum. I'd, I'd, I'd say you know Bentley starts in that one. Because only you know because the whole <laughs> Mad Beck, Mad Beck, why not? You know just just why not? In, I think we need obviously some quality in there as well. I think you're going to need you know. I mean, these B players are quality as well. You mean some experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah That's what. Yeah, sorry, I, that's this. pretty the wrong, wrong choice of word there. Yeah, you're going to need some experience around it. I'm not. I'm not suggesting for one second we play the B team, um, but it's, I think it's a different vibe to an, F, an FA Cup game where you're 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 sort of fielding a weakened team. I would say that we're 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 fielding a a future team, you know, and you say to them to go out and you know, and prove prove that they're worthy of a of place in the in the starting lineup for the start. Of Next year, you know, you just got a, you've got to set a challenge to these kids, and, and say to them that you know this is this is an opportunity, and you, you're doing it when the sun's out at Griffin Park, which hopefully it will be on Saturday, rather than a, 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 yeah, fr- rather than a freezing cold um, mid-January sort of afternoon where you know you've got some you know you've got a, you know, a, a lower league team coming at you and, and pumping the ball along. It's, it's not it's not conducive sometimes. So I think it I think they're used to playing at Griffin Park. Uh, so yeah, sun, Sunday. I, I, I really hope that we see some sort of really exciting rookies in there, and I uh, hope they I hope they prove their potential. The liberal. Uh, I wouldn't start with the rookies. I would um, have them. I'd have them
4: on the bench. I wouldn't start with them because uh, I think it should be a chance for all the fans to celebrate um, the and applaud all the players who got us into what was a good pos- position this season, and you know it was almost but not quite. Um, a, a playoff place, so I would, I would um, I'd want to see our strongest team start um, and I'd be happy after 60 70 minutes to see some of the B team players come on because that shows what excitement there could be for the season to come but you know mixing, mixing putting them in at the start no I wouldn't do that because um, I think it, it it just shows that we're not taking things seriously, and I, you know, has absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be battling for seventh place. And I'll go back to what I said many moons ago. You know, seventh place for Brentford F.C. is a real achievement and one that we should be really proud and shouty about. So let's go five nil up in the 60th minute, and then bring on the the three three kids who we're excited about, and will sell us the season, sell on the extra season tickets for next year.
1: I mean, I'm just—I'm thinking about this, and I'm stopping two minds here. But I think I sort of—I'm sort of erring a little bit towards the liberals' way of thinking, in the fact that you know, as in putting, you know, as in as in keep with the side. But I think definitely have the players on the bench and and bring them on. Um, The one player that I actually might. Have a look at is Mad Beck Sorensen because you know just to just to throw him in the back there you know to mix it up you know we got Bielan who's going so at the end of the day it's like we need to kind of be looking forward to the next to the next era so maybe if you put Madbex in the in, in in the back end there I'm not sure about you know putting someone in the front instead of Bob um, instead of um, um, uh, in my pay, because I think he needs, still needs to be doing his thing, and he needs to be going his goals. And also, you know what we're going to be doing in, in midfield. But you know, do we do we do we bring somebody else in the midfield? I, I would leave it like that for now, and I would change things on sixty minutes, bring everyone else. But I think be Mad Bex in the defence could be an interesting putting it putting him and um, I don't know what side he plays on actually, but putting him and uh, and, and
3: Mepham together could be quite interesting. That sort of the two back together. No, it, it could be, but you know, I, I'm not saying who's right and who's wrong. There's, there's no right or wrong. Answer. Answer with you know, do we go more tried and tested or do we do we go more experimental? All I'm saying is, if uh, the ex- if, if you go tried and tested with a few people on the bench, you're only really going to see them if the game's going to plan and we're and we're probably winning. If we're chasing the game, I think you'd be reluctant uh, reluctant to sort of chuck chuck sort of rookies in at that stage. So you know, we, we'll we'll see. is you know, some in- interesting uh, interesting decisions to be made, as I said earlier. And and I I would err on the side of experimentation rather than than anything else on Sunday, to be honest. And score prediction? Um, I'll go for a two-all draw.
1: 5-3 Brentford. 1-0 to the Bees is what I say. So uh, and that'll be the end of our season. Like I said to you, next week's end of season podcast. We're still sorting out the details, but normally we have another like, big bumper edition. We get loads of people into a bar together and we drink lots. And we, you know, sometimes we've got a play. We had Rhys Cole in last year, so you know maybe we might do something exciting like that. We just need to get our head around it because we've had a bit of a mad week planning this uh, end of season. B's up with uh, Martin Allen, who he called us yesterday again, and he's still very excited, even though. It's going to be the great escape part two if he does it because he can still keep Barnett up now after they were practically relegated. So he's got a mad night with us. Well, it's not going to be that mad. It's going to be very sensible no doubt and then on Saturday he's going to be trying to keep buying it up so if everyone comes down there like I said tickets are sold out but we've freed up a few tickets so go to besotted.com and just check and if you click on the link there you might actually get up a free tickets as well and also you might get an email out to say to you the timings have changed slightly we've brought it forward a little bit so the entertainment now starts at 8 o'clock so uh, get there a little bit earlier if you can do get your food get your drink you'll have some proper jokes um, give us a big thumbs up on iTunes review us on iTunes. Um, what else is there? Is, I mean, there's nothing else really to say. Radio show, Thursday night. Um, nine till 10 o'clock, we've got the Greville Water Waterman is on. he's got the facts and figures, so check us out, Thursday 9 till 10. Uh, but other than that, Oh we've got some Griffin Park I love Griffin Park T-shirts coming out. If you check on the website, go. To I love Griffin Park T-shirts. If you love Griffin Park, just go and get these T-shirts. They're absolutely wicked as well. So they're brand new. So get them for the summer. You look lovely walking down the uh, the river in Richmond. You know, you would be looking lovely. But listen, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate that and all the comments and everything that you've given us. It's been a fantastic season. You know, uh, vote for us at the uh, the Football Blogging Awards as well. If you go to the website, you'll see the big banner. Just click on it. Vote for us at the Football Blogging Awards. We really appreciate. Your vote. But like I said to you, we are Brentford, we are the best. We're gonna see Martin L on Friday. We're very excited and holes coming down on Sunday as we say. Come, come on, you before